You guys enjoying this so far? Let us. Amen. It's not an individual thing. It is a group thing. This scripture from Hebrews is let us. It's just a play on words. Those of you that are new here tonight, 12, it is 12 steps to a great year from Hebrews. We've been in Hebrews chapter 4. But how important it is that we set resolutions, that we make decisions for change, and that we don't quit on them. Um, if it's the right decision and you start and you make it two weeks and you make a mistake and fall off the wagon, get back on. Everyone is going to have bumps in the road. But don't quit doing the right thing because you made one mistake. I mean, so many times we go on diets and we do well for a week or two and then we mess up and we go and eat the whole gallon of ice cream. Right? Well, okay. You had your moment. Now get back on the diet. It's not over. Why add on to what, where you are now? Why not keep going in the right direction? Do you know Weight Watchers? Um, I, I'm a big, I did Weight Watchers to, to lose weight. If you didn't know, it's not like I don't talk about it all the time. I know that I do. But they have points on the side each week for you to blow it. You're going to blow it. You're going to want that little Debbie. I love little Debbies. I love them. I exercise so that I can eat little Debbies. But every now and then, you know, you just make a mistake. I will tell you, that's what redemption is for. That's what repentance is for. That's what grace and mercy is for. You're not perfect. But don't stop doing the right thing. If you make a mistake, deal with it. Own it. Don't blame somebody else. Take ownership of it. Just say, God, I did that. God's like, "Uh, yeah, I know. I plead the blood on that, and I'm going to stop doing that. God says, that did it. Done. It's forgiven. It's behind you. Now walk according to my word. Get back on track. So we've we've already gone through three. Tonight is step four. I'm going to review the other two, three steps, but I'm going to dive on into step four. Step four today is let us draw near to the throne of grace. Everybody say amen. Let us draw near to the throne of grace. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16. Let us, everybody say let us. Therefore draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Let's pray together. Father, I just thank you for your word. I just thank you for your spirit. I just thank you for your presence in this place. Lord, I thank you for your son, Jesus, that has just paid the ultimate price for us. That we get what he deserves. We don't get what we deserve. And Lord, I just ask that your word would just come alive to us. That it would just pierce pierce our hearts, awaken our spirit. And that we would leave tonight changed just over, just over an hour just being in your presence for an hour, that we would not remain the same, but that, Lord, we would, we would step into light, we would see truth, and we would walk in it, not turning back. In Jesus' name, amen. Let us therefore draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we, might, so that we may receive mercy and find grace in, to help in time of need. And I believe that this step, this is step number four, is here on purpose in... Uh, Uh, in order, um, and it is building on the first three. 
very big significance in the sequence of these uh, let us statements. I believe that we needed the first three steps before we get to this step. Remember, the first one is let us fear. Let us fear that we hear, that we make sure that we are hearing God. Make sure that we are hearing the voice of God. So important that we learn to listen and that we hear. We must have an attitude of reverence and an awareness of our need of God's grace. But then second, if you remember, let us be diligent. We must hang in there. That's what I was just talking about. As we do resolutions, you're going to hit a bump. You're going to hit one. I, if, if, you're, if you're new here tonight, this isn't going to be new to anyone else, but I've been running and I have stayed injured all winter. I try to run. I'll make it a one, one run a week, and I'll hurt so bad the rest of the week I can't run. I tried to run today, and I couldn't run. It's, it's going to sound so funny, but it's killing me. I want to run so bad, and uh, I just can't. Um, I'm having to let my body rest. I'm having to do other types of exercising, but I am not quitting. It would be very easy just to quit me lose my fitness, me lose my whole train of thought and my heart, and it would be easy to stop, but I'm not stopping. Same thing with the Word of God, same thing with the presence of God, same thing with serving and following God. It's easy to every now and then to let it slip and to never get back on. Dude, are you stealing the kids' snacks? Are you kidding? You know, as a joke, he won the... He won the Kotzker. We gave away, instead of Oscars, they were Kotzkers, Church on the Hill, Oscars. And he got the most likely to steal the kids' snacks. And it's like it has been his, now it's his permission, or he's been given permission. Yeah, no doubt. Way to go. Yeah, Koth fit. Yeah, you're, you're, you're doing it right there. Way to go. <laughs> Koth fat. Nice. Okay, um, where was I? <laughs> Be diligent. It's so easy to follow the wrong guy. It's so easy to, to, to start on, a, on the wrong progression and stay on it. Well, I've already messed up. I might as well just keep on going. No, don't do that. You know what? You've messed up. It's okay. The church is a place for people. It's okay that you've messed up. We've got this funny sense that you need to be right before you come into church. It's what Satan keeps you from coming in. It's how Satan keeps Christians from allowing sinners to come in. Come on, this is the place for sinners. Jesus came for the ones that needed him, not the ones that didn't need him. And let me tell you, I need him. I need him. But then finally, the third step was to, you remember, hold fast to our confession. We've got to make sure that we are speaking the right confession. Out of our mouth are the right words. We are what we say. If I say I can't do it, I can't do it. Whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. You remember that statement? Whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. You need to start speaking it as though it is, even though it may, not, it may look impossible. 
wives praying over their husbands. I thank you, Lord, that my husband is a mighty man of God and that he's going to do great things. And, and same thing over our wives. My wife is a mighty woman of God. Let me tell you, my wife is a mighty woman of God. She made chicken and dumplings and cornbread tonight. And she teaches and is getting her Ph.D. She is a rock star. And you love the Lord and you put the word in my kid's heart. You speak it. If your spouse isn't there yet, it's probably because you're not speaking it. Speak it. Speak it as though it is. That's what faith is. Substance of things unseen. Speak it. Your kid's having a hard time? Speak the word over them. Speak the promises of God over them as though they are true. And you keep speaking it until you believe it. Not until you see it, until you believe it. You get that belief and you're speaking and you're believing going at the same time. Let me tell you, mountains will move for your children. So, those three things. We fear hearing God. um, We stay diligent. And we hold fast to our confession. Now, as we see here, in regards to our approaching the throne, we're, we're told to come for two things. We're told to come for mercy and for grace. And I want you to know that if God invites us somewhere and we meet the conditions of that invitation, he's going to give us what he said he's going to give us. He will give us. And in this case, we can count on mercy and grace. We can count on mercy and grace waiting for us. He is just waiting to give us mercy and grace. And we will never be disappointed. And God would never give us an invitation that he wouldn't stand behind. Never. But so many of the promises and the invitations of God have conditions. Hence the sermon topic from Sunday. If then, if we meet the if requirement, then he will meet the then requirement. But if we don't meet the if, there is not going to be a then. And I believe that the Lord is saying to us here, if you will approach my throne having met the conditions, and if you will acknowledge your need of my mercy and my grace, then you can count on it. Do you all hear me? I, God will, is saying, I will make my mercy and my grace available to you. And there should be no doubt in your mind. That's why the scripture says, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace. You, you all know the other translation. To approach the throne boldly. Knowing what you're going to get. Knowing that you, there is a place for you at the throne. It is, it is an amazing thing. Last night, Elizabeth and I were in a conversation with another uh, person um, outside of our family. And it was an um, uh, important conversation that we had cleared the, cleared the room. You ever had to clear the room and get the kids out of earshot? But my kids never stopped coming in the room. You know, I would have thought, don't you know what we're doing? Would you please just stay out? But they didn't. And you know, it, was, it really kind of spoke to me as, as the Lord would speak to me. There's always a place for me at the throne. Regardless of what is going on in the world, in the kingdom, God has made a way for me at all times. 
And Pete comes prouncing through the room, and he had forgot to do the trash, and he just said, oh, sorry, Dad, I forgot to do the trash. And he, right there while we're trying to have a conversation, he pulls the trash out, and he can't get it out of the can, and I'm like, are you kidding? Just, but at the same time, I can't believe he remembered. But I was also sitting there thinking, he knows he has a place here. Not even thinking about how awkward it is him standing there. Then here comes the next child. Had forgot her contacts. Didn't even think about walking in the room to a tense situation. And so many times I think we think we're going to upset God. God says, there is nothing more important than you and what you have to say to me right now. There's nothing more important. You are the most important thing to me. Do you know that's what we have? That we can approach the throne with confidence knowing that he has waiting for me mercy and grace. What is amazing is that the Lord can just blow your mind over stuff you've heard your whole life. But if it can ever really click... And you know what? We come as God's children. We don't come as beggars. We don't come as second-rate people. We come as his child, as Justin. So beautifully put, we're getting new name tags that says, Beloved, beloved, my son, my daughter, the pearl of great price. Man, you know, God, I don't even see you coming. I think I'm just going to preach a sermon and then we get you. Isn't that something? He doesn't hold us at a distance. We come with confidence. And when we come with confidence, you know what that is? That is faith in action. That is taking his word and walking in it. And he responds to faith. And faith will not be denied. It takes God at his words and believes that God is as good as his word. It's faith in God's faithfulness. That's how we approach the throne, with confidence. But we also approach for another thing. We don't just approach. We, we, we come for two things. Let's just start with the first one, mercy and grace. Um, I think that the order of the scripture when it says that we come to the throne of grace so that we might receive mercy and grace. I think the order here is important also. Um, I believe, first of all, we need mercy and then grace. Mercy essentially relates to those people who have done wrong, who cannot claim their right, who are weak or unworthy. And there's an attitude in our nation and in the world today that makes everybody want to claim their rights. Everybody says, it's my right. It's due to me. And why didn't I get that? And I ought to have this. But with that prevailing attitude, it's hard for people to even see their need for mercy. If you're always entitled, you never see a need for mercy. I can tell you that there is one thing that I have zero doubt about. And it is my need for mercy. I need mercy in so many different areas. 
no matter what situation I'm in. I cannot trust in my rights. They are not sufficient. I need God's mercy. I read of a full-time um, uh, Christian minister that, that's a Christian minister now, but used to be a, a full-time salesman, a traveling salesman, that had gotten a bunch of speeding tickets and traffic violations, and he got summoned to the sheriff's office. And had this terrible feeling that he was going to have his license suspended. And if his license was suspended, then he couldn't go and make his sales calls. It was literally his job on the line here. But as he was preparing what to say, he went before the, the uh, sheriff and said, Sir, I don't plead for justice. I'm not asking for justice. I ask for mercy. And it caught the sheriff so off guard that even though he just gave him a warning, he didn't take his license. And he just told the man, I've never had anyone ask for mercy. And that's what he gave him, was mercy. I think that when we approach the Lord, it would be good for us to come to him with the same attitude. I'm not asking for my rights. I'm not telling you that I want justice. I need mercy. Literally, I am guilty. I'm guilty of so much. But do you know when you're at the throne and when Jesus, our advocate, is standing between us and and the Father, that Jesus pleads pleads the blood. It's the blood of Jesus that gets pled for us. Not innocent. We're not innocent. We've messed up. We've made so many mistakes. We're not innocent. But we're also not guilty. Jesus pleads the blood. He pled the blood for us. That blood of Jesus that paid that price for us. That is mercy. The only reason I believe that people do not receive mercy is they fail to see their need of it. But the second thing that we come to is grace. And have you ever really thought what grace is? Grace is the free, unmerited favor of God toward the undeserving and the ill-deserving. You know, there are some that don't deserve it. There are some that are undeserving and some that are ill-deserving. Have you ever heard this expression? Grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. God's riches at Christ's expense. It's what God will freely do for us beyond what we deserve. One, One essential characteristic of grace is it can't be earned. It's just given. But also, the grace of God is supernatural. It goes beyond all the limits of our natural ability. And it can never be exhausted. Something I want to encourage you with, I'm almost done, but something I want to encourage you with about the mercies of God is if you've had a bad day, there's another whole set of mercy tomorrow. You've got a brand new day to get to the throne of grace and mercy. He's got enough for you. And um, I believe that the Lord wants us to ask him for mercy and grace every day. It's new every morning. 
but we have to go to that throne to get it. It's at the throne of God is where the throne of grace and mercy is. And again, it's so amazing that regardless of what you think is going on in the world, you have a place at his throne. When Jesus was crucified and the veil was torn, that separation between the Father and man was removed. You have that access at all times. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, we've already looked at it. It says that we can go here for help in time of need. It's so important for us to see this part because I want to ask you, are you in need? If you are, do you know where your answer is? It's in God. And I want you to know it's available at the time of your need. Are you in need? His mercy and grace is available to you tonight, right now. You don't need to wait for an altar call. The, the open seat for you at the throne of God is not only open when the pastor opens the, open, opens the altar call. It is open to you 24-7, even on Christmas and Thanksgiving. It is always open. Is your situation desperate? Don't let Satan fool you into think that you're too desperate. That it's too late to come, that there's nothing you can do about it. God specifically invites you to come in your time of need. So if your situation is desperate, let me recommend this to you. Go with confidence to the throne of mercy and grace. Go for these two benefits, for mercy. Don't demand your rights. Don't demand what you think you deserve, because let me tell you, I do not believe you want what you deserve. I don't want what I deserve. Second, come from grace. Don't limit God what he can do on your behalf. And don't put it off. Drives me nuts to see people battle with stuff and have a chance to get help, but you don't ask for help. Why won't you ask for help? If your situation is desperate, that is exactly the time to come. But I want you to remember that when you come, you come to a throne. And don't forget who sits on a throne. It's a king. The king of the universe. All authority and power. All of heaven and on earth is in his hands. He holds the universe in the span of his hands. That's who saved a seat for me. Right up front. It's not a back seat. It's not like you go to a concert and you're in the cheap seats. It's a front seat. You can't get any closer to him than I can. And I can't get any closer to him than you can. 
that's the place that you have with him. Let us therefore draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Amen? All right. Step four of Alcoholics Anonymous. Made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. This blows me away. You may say, oh man, I'm here new. Why in the world are you doing AA? We're just looking at them. I find, I find them so interesting of how much this relates to God's word. I believe the man who developed this was a strong Christian. And they're, they're having to change it now for political reasons, which I think is terrible. But ultimately, you're going to see they are being led to God. The only way to get free is God. It's the only way to get free. But you can see here, taking a moral inventory, allowing the Spirit to show you what troubles have you got, and, and let's start processing those. I'm reading a book now that really talks about if you don't deal with your past, if you don't own your past, you can never step into a better future. If you're always blaming your past on something else, then that's always going to hold you down from stepping to the next step. You are where you are due to, due to you, not due to your parents, not due to Obama or the economy, not due to the weather. You're there because of you and decisions that you make and thoughts that you have. Own it and change it. Make a change. God has got mercy and grace waiting for you. Not only that, he has favor. He has power. All right, next week, we're going to look at let us press on to maturity. <laughs> we can do that, can't we? Amen. Pastor Justin, come up here. He's going to pray over our list and pray for you. Wasn't that good? Whoa, whoa, whoa. I scared the phone out of your hand. I'm so sorry. I apologize. Uh, my mom just sent me a text. They've been uh, dealing with some health things uh, with the family. And uh, today was the first day that they got up and kind of made dinner for themselves. And they had a guy knock on the door from a funeral home wondering what their final arrangements were. So she was like, I don't think that we're that sick. <laughs> I was like, Awesome, Mom. So, uh, so with you know, we've been praying for them. And we've been praying for a, a lot of the, the our family members, our brothers and sisters. We've got a lot of needs. We've got a lot of needs. Our uh, prayer lists are in the back. I I encourage you go grab one of those. We've got prayer cards next to them. Write them a, an encouraging note. Say, hey, we're praying for you. We're lifting we're lifting you up. It is wild what those little cards mean when you get them in the mail. If anybody has received those, it's. I know where they come from. I, I get it, but it's just, it's, it's cool. So I encourage you, even if you're going through a struggle, go be an encouragement to somebody else. All right, so uh, we're just gonna lift up our list and, and God, we just express the fact that we are in need. We are a needy bunch of people tonight, God. We are dealing with high blood pressure. We are dealing with cancer. We are dealing with broken bones. We are dealing with pneumonia all over the place. We're dealing with, with uh, people losing their jobs and can't find places to, to work, God. We're dealing with crazy family members, God. God, we just express all of our brothers and sisters' needs, God, and just bring them before you because your word says that we can come boldly into dad's, dad's throne room. And we, get, we need help, we need grace, we need mercy for our brothers and sisters. We've got mothers and fathers that are sick. We've got, we've got friends, aunts and uncles that are sick. And God, um, just like the, the group of friends that brought their lame friend uh, before Jesus and, and 
tore a hole through the roof to lay in before you to get a miracle. God, we, we bring the weights and concerns of our brothers and sisters on our shoulders into your presence, God, knowing that, that you have the ability to heal. You have the ability to, to change and change the, the way that even physics works in order to bring your kingdom. But God, you also have the, the desire to, God, that you are willing and able to bring uh, answers to our needs. So God, uh, we, we lift them up to you and we put them into your hands, God. We express and uh, just confess that we trust your heart with our friends. God, you have more compassion on everybody on this list than I could ever have. You desire their lives to be impacted and to change and you desire healing in their lives more than I could ever imagine. So Lord, we just partner with what you already wanna do, God, and we release your kingdom onto earth, God. Your kingdom come, your will be done in church on the hill, in Cookville, in our friends and family, just like it is in heaven, God. Establish heaven here on earth, God. Uh, we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. I'm telling you, go, uh, go write an encouraging uh, letter to someone. Send an encouraging word to someone in the room. Um, I'm gonna be out in the lobby, so if you're new and I don't know you, I'd love to meet you and have a, an amazing rest of the week.